Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's here. Wow, I, I made it again. And look at that. Two wow. for two in the new year. Whoa, and running minute. the boards is Joey D. Hi. Hi. On today's show, we will talk movies and TV. We will talk The Matrix Resurrections. BJ will discuss Don't Look Up. With TV, we'll get The Flash, The Witcher, and Ghosts. And, of course, The Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, BJGeekNation.com. Have our blogs, podcasts, and more. more. Or just search BJ's Geek Nation <laughs> on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, so <laughs> many ways to get a hold of us, and please do so. We'd love to hear some feedback, and even if it's just commenting on the millions of posts that Vicky makes on our Facebook page. Yep. Lots of them out there. Lots of stuff to go through as well. So let's start off with The Matrix. We're going to take the oh. red pill and enter it, and it looks like uh, BJ's going to take the role of Neo. I don't know why. Why Why we have to talk about the Matrix? What did I do? I don't understand it. Why, why are they talking about me? Because they came back. Lana Wachowski decided to uh, bring back the Matrix for a new audience, upgraded after the, I guess, what, what 15, 16 years since the, uh, uh, the Matrix. Wow. Uh, gosh. Yeah. Wow, the revolutions? Yeah, revolutions was, yeah, it's been a while. So that's a long time ago, man. (laughs) And uh, it brings us back to a new but different version of the Matrix. And um, first off, first impressions. Um, How'd you feel about it, BJ? First impressions are tough. It really took me second and third impressions. Really? This this is a movie that first impressions I was not happy with. uh, But I also. Was like it. I also was unsettled, and uh, Joey D's and I and the family watched it. And Joey D's was definitely he not happy with the movie. Wow, I, I really couldn't disagree with a lot of it, what he was saying. But this is a movie that for me, watching it one time through, there's so much going on, and there really is. I mm-hmm. mean, there is oh, yeah. so much going on that. I felt like, oh man, I'm angry about this. Did I miss anything? And then I started going online, and uh, I know that pretty much the majority of people hate it, especially the younger. It seemed like everybody who was a lot younger than me hated this movie, and they seemed to be in Joey D's uh, demographic. I, after the third watch and, and finally finding some videos that explained a lot of stuff that I didn't know, didn't get, and really watching some interviews, and then, uh, and again, three watches. I really, really like this a lot. But I'll tell you, I like it for the story, the philosophy. It's the very same reasons why I love Matrix 2 and 3. It is not going to give you what Matrix 1 gave you, though. And if that's what you're looking for, you're going to be probably disappointed by that movie. Yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense in terms of just like, you've got to really kind of dig deep into what they want to tell you, as opposed to, I guess, really what they're what they're showing. It seems and, kind of strange on that, but yeah. And also, COVID really hurt this movie. I don't think people understand how bad COVID hurt this movie. It's similar to the death of Carrie Fisher, how that hurt the last Star Wars movie. They decided to go through with their their idea in that movie, which was to really try to have Ray guided by you know Leia in some way, shape, or form, which would have been awesome mm-hmm. if it could have been done. And they tried to as best as they could, and it really fell flat. And uh, I think it's the same thing here, is that what they wanted to do, they couldn't do, but they still tried to do it the best they can. And I think that fell flat on a lot of people because of COVID. 
That's an interesting point on that, Joe. Why? Why do? You, what were you? Your issues with uh, the movie? Oh man. Okay. Um, well, I, <laughs> time travel. Do we right want to start a list? Uh, <laughs> I, I think at the core, it's just the the pl- not the plot, but the feel of the movie is completely different, right? It, it, from the first yeah. movie, it's more of a mystery, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, because you don't know what the Matrix is exactly, and in this one, it's more of a meta turned heist movie. Which you know, it's something. If you're not ex- if you're expecting something like the first Matrix, maybe you didn't watch the second or third ones, or you didn't really pour yourself into that. Yeah, that that would make sense on that. And earlier in the Geek Nation Lovely Podcast, if you go back in time into the history of the the uh, of our uh, you know podcast website, you can see that I I actually pretty much called out the entire plot of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Which was that Neo's stuck in the Matrix. He doesn't know he's in the Matrix. Trinity's in the Matrix. He's going to get out. He's going to have to go back in and get her. And they're going to find out she's the one. I'm not really sure how that whole thing translated so poorly in my mind when I watched it. But I think the big thing for me was is it really felt like it was trying to make fun of the Matrix movies at the beginning. But then be different. And then kind of just was worse instead of being different. It was definitely super meta when it came down into the like the first probably half of the movie, especially when you find out that Thomas Anderson runs a a, a game company or is a developer for a game company where they made The Matrix. So it was very self-referential, and you're trying to figure out, are they mocking it? Or are they? How are they doing? Going about it, and then once they get into the whole thing where it's part of the the kind of the capture system, so that they can continue to you know power uh, you know power the robots essentially at this point in time. I, I was a little bit more forgiving for it, but there was a while where I'm just sitting there. I'm like, what are they doing? What are they doing? And I was actually more okay with it once I kind of realized and I picked a little bit more out of it like oh there's like a whole bunch of different factions going on between robots and then human robots and then just humans and like trying to suss all of that out I felt that like the philosophy made more sense and was I was more acceptable of that but yeah like you said maybe the execution was a little off kilter I think the big thing that really made me angry was it felt like they destroyed Neo's hero arc because at the end of three you assume that Neo succeeds and Zion survives yeah but in this one and they even kind of bring it up with multiple dialogue where they talking about like hey Neo comes out of the matrix he's having a conversation with the old general commander and he's like, well, it seems like I failed. And she's like, no, you succeeded. See, we have peace. We have strawberries. And then Neo's like, <laughs> but, you know, Zion's gone and I'm well, the Matrix still exists kind of a thing. And like, we didn't really win. And they kind of don't really explain that. Well, <laughs> and that's kind of, I think, the big point. And I think that's actually a really great um, thing that they did with that because you do, well, most of the movies, you'll see a hero's journey, but you don't see the aftermath of that. It would be like something along the lines of like the Hunger Games. Yeah, they brought back, they brought down, you know, the big bad government. But what's going to come in its place, because there's always going to be a power vacuum and someone's going to fill that, what's going to happen after that? And you got to look at this. This is 60 years later after the events of the first Matrix. So when you look at that, you're like, okay, well, how are all these things going to be going by? Because with the robots are using the humans as a power source, and now that they're losing that, there are going to be different factions of robots or programs having to deal with all of that. Well, if you, again, I did a deep dive into the internet, and if you go, you actually can find out exactly what's going on, which, which, which will tell you stuff that you missed. 
and that in fact there was a plot. Everything does make sense, whether you agree with it, whether you like it. Yeah. But no doubt about it, if you're if you don't understand stuff that went on, you miss stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good. It doesn't necessarily mean there were there weren't or were plot holes. That's something that's up for you. But when you go, I don't understand why that happened or whatever. But actually, once I went and did some research, I found a great review. I think it. I forget which of his Screen Rant where they they went blow by blow through the whole movie, and I'm like, oh, I totally missed that. I didn't get that reference. I didn't get that. And then watching the movie with that perspective, it's like this all makes sense. This is a this is a really cool story. And I also, like Joey and I wondered, did they force Lana Wachowski to do this movie? That's kind of what we thought when we watched it the first time. But then I watched interviews and realized that Lana is probably just laughing a little bit at the process. Like, yeah, I'll do another Matrix movie, but this is the only way I'll do it. And yet probably laughing at the idea like, you know... It's like who wants this? Like it's it's like the story is the story's over, but yet the fans like the fans don't want yeah. the story to be over. So Neo, we need you to suffer even more. I mean, that was a meta sort of commentary. Like these characters have to be resurrected and suffer even more because you want more, even though the story is done. They're done. Let wow. them be. Let them live. I mean, that was something I didn't get that they were actually having as a commentary on the movie. Also, the commentary about what people thought the Matrix were, which would be pretty much all of the input that Lana's probably received over the years. Like, oh, here's what I think the Matrix is. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. And she's like, yeah, whatever. Whatever you think it is, sure. I don't know if this is true or not, but according to an Esquire article, uh, Warner Brothers was going to make a new Matrix without her. Oh, in 2017. So, okay, so but maybe this was a step in. It's like, no, let me at least do this. And apparently, after the passing of her parents, is what it said. It inspired her to go back and be like, no, I'll be a part of it now. So I don't know if that's true or not. But that's yeah, what she the did says. say that. Yeah, wow, she okay, did. Okay. And that's where she came up with this idea. So I mean, she really did have this idea to, which I think is a really clever idea when you think about it. Uh, and this is what I didn't get. I mean, if you notice in the battle scene with the fighting of the uh, 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 of the machines, mm-hmm. there were two types of weapons. There were blue weapons and red weapons. And the red weapons were the machines that actually made the deal and wanted to work with humans and said, let them be free. Let's all be buddies. And the blue weapons were the blue pill machines going, no, we want it to be the way it was before. And that oh, was what, interesting. That, that was okay. the civil war. There was a civil war where yeah, they had mentioned that just briefly, though. And Deus Machina, which is the company. What I didn't realize is that giant face at the, in, in Matrix Revolutions at the end. I thought that was the architect. The giant face actually was not the architect. The giant face was Deus Machina. Basically, the suits, as Neil Patrick Harris referred to, the ones running everything. So the architect worked for the suits, just like the analyst worked for the suits. And basically, the analyst went to you know to the blue pill machines and said, "Look, man, I got a better way of doing this." Mm -hmm. And that's where they discovered that, in fact, what made Neo special. And this was, and again, you have to be on the road. You, you have to be on, like, okay, I'm going to go along with this is what you're saying to me, Lana, is that Neo was special not because he was the one. He was special because he had Trinity, he had Morpheus, and he had Agent Smith. And that was even explained in the last Matrix movie where the new Oracle said, who, when he said, who the hell is Smith? He's your opposite. He is the other part yeah. of the equation trying to balance itself out. Basically saying Smith is as important to this as you are as important to this. Trinity is as important to this as you are. And that's why he was working on a, a game called Binary. That was the clue that 
the reason Trinity could fly was not because she was the one. It was because it was two of them together. That's when they can manifest the power in this new matrix. Because the analyst thought he won't be able to be get his complete mojo back because he's going to need her. He, it's not like it was just by himself. He actually needs her to be part of it more so than she was in the original Matrix. That's at least the story that we missed. Whether or not you believe that's a good story, but that's what it was. <laughs> yeah, that's what confused me because they talk about there are seven other Neos. So he's been able to do this before without love. In, like the, in the old Matrix, this is a yeah, brand this is new, new Matrix. This is a whole new reboot of a Matrix. <laughs> the architect was in charge of all those other Neos before. This is that the analyst has got a whole new system. Well, that's they, what re- we're, they rebuilt Neo, though. As yeah, that, that's part, well, that's part of the new system and the new matrix. They made it so that Neo would not have the same kind of power. Even if he woke up, they were like, you're never going to have the same kind of power like you did before. That's why bullet time, he couldn't control it. That's why he couldn't fly. He had some power, but what, that's. But they kept telling you, if you two get together, it's like acid and water or whatever. The, 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 Neil Patrick Harris was saying, if you and Trinity get together, I'm effed. So I'm going to make sure you never get together in the Matrix or outside of the Matrix. That's the story is that this new Matrix needed both of them as long as they weren't together. Which, I mean, I get that at the core. I think that's not a terrible storyline. That's what line, it's supposed it's to be. it's not the Matrix. That's kind of my point. Well, right? that's not the, the His old name Matrix. is an anagram for the one. For one. Like, that's, that's kind of the point. And I do get what they're saying. That, you know, oh, well, in this version of the Matrix with the love story that he needed Trinity to mm-hmm. achieve his powers, right? But the, the point is, is that there is only one because he's the anomaly that they can't control. He's this unpredictable, uncontrollable nature to any program that they create that causes the destruction of it. But they always try to control by having Neo sabotage essentially Zion so they don't come back. That's how they keep the humans in check. This movie doesn't do that. This movie essentially does the opposite, which is that really... The, the the robots don't have any idea what's going on and that Neo isn't even a hero, really. Neither is Trinity. It could really be any two people. And that's... that's I, well, I that's just, exactly yeah. what he said, by the way. I mean, you're right, Joe, but actually Jonathan Groff's uh, Agent Smith said that. He had a great line. He's like, anybody could have been the one, but I can be anybody. And so, I mean, that was, <laughs> a, that was a great line saying exactly what you just said. Because, you know, it's interesting. If you take a look at philosophy, duality is about basically good and evil, black and white, ones and zeros. And the movie is also basically saying if you rise above binary thinking, then in fact you realize we all are the one. And Aww. that I think was the message. I mean, think about IO. IO actually is one and zero. One and zero. Yeah. Which was uh, just the biggest troll of all time. Yeah. I mean, well, that's the thing. Is, the movie got but so I, meta and then tried to be a movie. That's why I didn't but, like but, it. But, uh, you know, Io also, if I remember correctly, I think Zeus had a lover named Io and had to hide her away so that uh, Hera, uh, that his wife couldn't find her. And so the idea that Io was hidden away and it was, you know. It was, oh, yeah, it, yeah, it so, is, yeah. Yeah, so they took a lot of that in there as well. I mean, Lana Wachowski really thought a lot of it. I thought a lot about this. The same way with, you know, and, and also the Merovingian's commentary is great. <laughs> it's great because... I like he was in it. Yeah, and, and he's commenting on when he said the face Zuckerberg, whatever. I mean, he's commenting that what we used to do for entertainment back when The Matrix came out and people were not addicted to their cell phones, it, it was broken down like this. The first Matrix was about us using the internet. You know, dialing up, connecting, being, you know, basically dialing in, and that's how you got into the internet. And they said this fourth movie is about how the internet uses us. And that that's definitely shown by the mirrors. That's why they're able to get yeah. into the mirrors because our phone is a mirror that connects us to the internet. And if you'll notice, there's a couple of elevator scenes. Neo's the only one not looking at his screen when he's riding the elevator. 
So there's a lot they put into it. Whether or not they executed it to the way that you think would be a good movie, sure, I can see where people thought not, but they gave it a lot of thought, and I love that. I, 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 I'm not. It's not a perfect movie, and again, COVID, and maybe because it's nothing to be the Matrix one, but I really, I love the same. I love where they took me, just like I love where they took me in two and three. Uh, I think it's better than two and three. It's hard to be better than one because one was such a terrific, amazing yeah, achievement. Yeah, that was a mind-blowing thing on that one. Yeah. And I think this is the point of the movie, right? It's a meta movie in the sense that the movie makes more sense in our world than it does in its own world, which is I kind of it. why I yeah. didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I can see why you say, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're, you're, I'll watch it again, though. Oh, I'm sure you You've already seen it three, three times. Three times, baby. I'll watch it a fourth time. And uh, This is where my son and I disagree, but I think, frankly, I mean... You know, look, I'm I'm 61, and you know he's 33, and I think if I was 33, I probably would have the same opinion he did. It seems like a lot of people yeah, did. So. He does, yeah. <laughs> I really do. I it's one of those things. Go back if someone goes back to this movie in 30 years, they may have a completely different opinion. Yeah, they could. Very a lot well. of people actually have a different opinion of Matrix Two and Three all these years later than when they first saw it. You you, you see a lot of people go, you know. I mean, when I first saw it, I hated those movies, but I like them a little better now. And, wow, and you know, time, some, yes, you know, sometimes time and wisdom and life experience changes how you view things. It really, really does. Uh, moving on from that, other movie discussions, just kind of quickly on this one. The net, it's on Netflix. Don't look up. Um, this is one of those movies that I didn't want to see because it seems a little too close to home with uh, what's going on now. And it's almost like uh, kind of coinciding with The Matrix because everyone's looking at their screens, getting entertained while impending doom is happening. And BJ, you have seen this movie. Yeah, and I will say this. A lot of people get so mad because they go, God, I know what they're talking about. you know. And then somebody who's on a, uh, uh, you know, whatever side of politics you're on, they get angry. But good art actually says, look, I'm going to take something going on today and I'm going to put it in a different setting and sci-fi setting, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, an asteroid coming to hit Earth and causing all sorts of, basically a life-altering, life-ending event uh, that's a, they, I love that. And yeah, is it talking about something that's going on today that has nothing to do with asteroids? Perhaps, but that's what science fiction does. That's why we had a half, you know, an alien, a race of aliens that were half black and half white running around on the Starship Enterprise. I mean, you know, <laughs> they were talking about racism, but they did it in a different way. And that's what art and science fiction does. So, uh, plus Leonardo DiCaprio does a great job. Jennifer Lawrence, everybody, Meryl Streep just shows you why she's a tremendous actor. She was perfect as the president. That's just a big a hole. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of great performances in this. Uh, Jonah Hill is really good in this. Um, and you know, Adam McKay is great. You know, we, we, I love Adam McKay's work. We've seen a lot with him when he worked with, uh, oh, come on. Will Ferrell a lot. And yeah, yeah, all those yeah, guys. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I look at it this way. If you get pissed off at this movie, then maybe, you know what, you really, you know, believe that you might be wrong about something. I'm going to say that because that's just psychology 101. Yeah. You know, if I get angry over something, I'm going to be like, wow, why am I really angry? Why is this pushing my button? Because <laughs> uh, it's a funny movie. It's a very funny movie about how we be. And Kate Blanchett, by the way, who I didn't even recognize, plays a, plays a vacuous talk show host. And she's unbelievable. I didn't even know it was. I'm like, what's Kate Blanchett going to be in the movie? And then all of a sudden I realize, oh, my God, that is Kate Blanchett. <laughs> uh, Tyler Perry's great in the movie. I mean, so many great performances that you know there's a lot of people that can be pissed off at this not just somebody of a particular political persuasion the entire entertainment business i mean uh, politics in general uh, uh, this i i thought it was well done very very well done and if you're pissed 
you know, it's time to look in the mirror and go, why? Uh, Watch out, because, that, that yeah. mirror might send you into the Matrix. Yeah, and, and Leo does a good job. I mean, I, I, Leo looks like a, he looks like a mess. And for, you know, a leading man guy to, to look that way. And Jennifer Lawrence does, you know, but I know she's capable of this. You know, even though Jennifer Lawrence is, you know, definitely a, a bombshell movie star actress, she plays this just ordinary type of activist who's just like, you know, really, really, really smart. And she pulls it off because she's, you know, I mean, because she's a great actor. That's why she pulls it off. Enough, you know, yeah. she, she can play so many different roles. Uh, such a good flick. Nice. Uh, quickly on to television. The Flash is back? Well, The Flash is not back. Oh, okay. Uh, but, but it left, bef- I mean, it, it it wrapped up its stuff before, you know, we got to talk uh, about okay, it. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, they, you know, they did a big Armageddon event, and it was a five-part series where, oh, my God, Flash, you're going to blow up the world by being a jerk, and therefore I have to come back and kill you. And this guy with a ridiculous mohawk. Is uh, he? I mean, uh, and and we know the and the and we know the actor. He's a he's a really great actor who's played uh, uh, Tony Curran, who played uh, um, Van Gogh in the Doctor Who episode. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's he right. Was the, he, I think he was the Irish mob leader in uh, the Punisher. Uh, he's he's played a lot of great guys. He was in Sons of Anarchy. Uh, you'll recognize Tony Curran when you see him. He was also in Defiance, mm-hmm. the sci-fi show. Um, not his best work. I don't think it's Aww. his fault. It's. I don't think it's his fault. The character is just poorly written. It, it, it really is just... Uh, it's too bad because actually the storyline was pretty cool. Uh, as Eobald Thawne, 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 who is the reverse Flash, finally gets to come back and screw up Flash's life by changing history. And and Iris, his wife, is married to Eobon Thornton. So, I mean, Flash is like, what the F is going on? As uh, they make him think he's losing his mind and going crazy, which, of course, turns him into a danger that, you know, Tony Curran's character, uh, you know, Despero says, Despero, I have to come back. Yeah. I have to come back and kill you because you're going to you're going to ruin the world. So, I mean, Despero is at least and Despero's out of his freaking mind himself, but at least. He's got, I guess, uh, good intentions, trying to stop Flash from destroying everything. But Flash is being set up. And, you know, so the trouble was is that after four episodes, it was like, cool. And then they had a fifth episode, and I'm like, do we really need this? I, mean, I know it's a five-parter. That's yeah. kind of epic when it comes down to any sort of show, like but they kind any of res- TV show. they kind of resolved it after, you know, the fourth part. And then the fifth part, it's like, oh, we're, 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 uh, Despero comes back. I'm going to kill you again. You, ha- I'll give you one last chance, Flash. And it's like, one this last actually, chance. It's like, this feels like the fifth last chance, Despero, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, of course, Tom Cavanaugh is great as Eobarthon. You know, it's it's episodic CW television, and it's been on for a skillion seasons, so there were parts I really liked and parts that were, yeah, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, <laughs> it seems about the standard fare with the CW show. And I, I just want to give a big shout out to Danielle uh, Nicolette, who plays Cecile. Uh, first of all, she's in my demographic, so it's great to see, uh, uh, you know, somebody my age going out there. Of course, she does not look like she's anywhere near my age at all. Uh, she might be 10 years younger than me, but she looks like she's about 30 years younger than me, and I just want to give her a shout out. That's all. Just okay. give her. I see you. I see you, Danielle. Is all I want to say. And well, I like what I see, Danielle. Thank you. Well, we are a little bit short on time, so we'll get to the Witcher and Ghosts at a later episode. But now it is the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? Surprise, surprise! We have another movie that is getting pushed back. Oh no! What? Well, not super like a lot, a lot, but. Uh... 
Morbius, the Sony film, the one with Jared oh. Leto and stuff, it's getting pushed back again. Again, this, this movie, yeah, has been pushed all over the place. Yeah, it has. It's been a couple years. It's like pushed back, kind of a thing. And I think obviously COVID's a big uh, reason for that. But it was set to be scheduled to open this month on January 28th, but now it'll hit theaters and IMAX and all those formats on April 1st. So it's gotten pushed back a few more months. And I think uh, one of the factors is just because we got still got Spider-Man going on. I think they want to kind of put a little bit of space in between them, from what I understand. So when's it, when's it coming out? April 1st. Well, that's closer to <laughs> that's closer to blockbuster time. I mean, because yeah, uh, they they do start showing some movies closer to you know the beginning of May. And I think they're also either. So I was uh, listening to uh, funny uh, Straw Hat Goofy, and one of the things that he was explaining is that he thinks because of the way Spider Man. Uh, far or no way home kind of ended they might possibly be doing some research or some editing to maybe adjust it to kind of fit a little better with this movie if in fact they are going to have it connect That's, and i'm i'm such wow. a noob i'm such a dope i didn't realize that uh, the that that scene you know one of the one of the end scenes uh, the the bonus scenes explained a bonus scene from Venom. Totally was a noob and didn't get that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Luckily, one of my friends said, well, that explains the Venom scene. I go, what are you talking about? I don't remember. And he goes, remember that? I go, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I know. That was kind of like the biggest, like, um, awesome sort of thing happening into sort of a, I don't know, kind of a little bit of a letdown when it came down to it. I just, I looked this up and it looks like actually Morbius has been delayed more times than um, uh, another comic book movie that actually didn't get very good reviews. Was it Black Widow? No, The New Mutants. The oh. New Mutants was yeah. delayed. Yeah. Uh, uh, a lot. Like five times. And now Morbius, I think, is like six times. Oh boy, mm. I'm just I'm just hoping it's because of the pandemic, and I mean, New it, Mutants that makes was, most sense because yeah. they pushed everything back, mm -hmm. and the New Mutants got pushed back for that reason, but also it wasn't very good. So, mm. yeah, I mean, I hope it's going to be good because I think I, I think Morbius is kind of a neat character, mm -hmm. and I know that Jared Leto really gets into his roles, so I'm kind of hoping it'll be good. Um, you know, his Joker notwithstanding, we don't need to worry about that. But honestly, though, that was just a whole other bunch of messes. Yeah, I mean, so. His, his yeah. Joker wasn't horrible. It was just, that wasn't the worst part of the movie. No. <laughs> okay, yeah, correct, absolutely. I feel like he, I feel like everyone craps on him because he wasn't Heath Ledger. But yeah, it, yeah, it's honestly he didn't have the chance to do anything good. Yeah, and whatever, like, all the stuff they shot was not even used. Right. So. If, if they were to say, Fair you know enough, what, yeah. we're going to have him come back as another Joker to basically redeem himself, I'd be okay with that. I wouldn't hold a big old stink yeah, about it. Yeah, I'd have to see how it uh, ends up like that and works itself right. out, yeah. Uh, but in other uh, news, but this is more on the rumor side, and I'm very much here for this. Okay. MCU may have a, a new ghostwriter played by a very, very popular Walking Dead star. Oh, yeah, oh, I of heard course. This. Yeah, yeah. Norman Reedus. Yeah, mm -hmm. because Batman. Is, is it just because he loves motorcycles and is always like he literally made another television show about him just riding motorcycles around? Here's the thing. Okay, so I might get some flack for this. Norman Reedus. He's a good-looking guy, but he's not like a handsome man. True. He's not like your be pretty Brad Pitt type. He is gruff and scruffy looking. Mm -hmm. It's not like we have to dirty up somebody. There's some that grime up good, like you got your Hen Henry Cavill as a witcher. Cool. <laughs> yes. But when, when you get someone like a John Bernthal to play the Punisher or Norman Reedus to play a like grimy, dirty character or somebody that's going to 
get dirty, whether it's fighting or something like motorcycles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I think this this is awesome. I like that. I like that they're not getting a Henry Cavill necessarily to play a Ghost Rider character. It'll be interesting to see if, because I know that I, I feel that he would really love to do it. Um, it would be interesting to see if everyone would be down for it and how they would kind of address that. Like, I mean, would he be, what was it? Was it, oh, I'm trying to remember because I want to say Johnny Storm, but that's not the the guy. Johnny Blaze. Johnny Blaze. Thank you. I knew it was a Johnny. (laughs) We've got a lot of Peters and Johnnies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think like if he went with like Johnny Blaze, that would be an interesting aspect of it because we already had what Robbie Reyes in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Who I really, really dug. Yeah. It would be cool to see different uh, iterations of the Mm -hmm. Ghost Rider through all of it. And I mean, with the multiverse and whatever the hell is going on with it, it'd be fun to see all those as long as we don't have to uh, deal with. uh, um, uh, Nick Cage doing it anymore. It's about the cash, though. I mean, Norman Norm, Norman Reedus is about to end his Walking Dead thing because mm-hmm. uh, pretty much I think it is ended, right? I mean, even though we haven't seen the final episodes, but we will soon. Yeah, uh, it's pretty close. Seems like a smart move to be able to cash in on his fame mm-hmm. because a lot of Norman Reedus fans will go, I will watch this movie because it's Norman Reedus. And I would too. I mean, he yeah. d- Norman's done a really, and he's been given an opportunity to do more. And you haven't seen so much yet, Rev, because you haven't binged yet. But yeah. ever since Rick left, Norman sort of had to pick it up. And you go, all right, well, he's been the silent type. How's he going to pick it up? He's done a really good job with uh, expanding the character a bit more, but still staying true to the character and becoming a lead of the show. Interesting. So uh, I think that Norman could do a really good job with this. I and that he did say in an interview with comicbook.com, he's like, I want to play Ghost Rider. Oh, he wants to, even the, better. The Ghost Rider conversation has been coming up for years, and yeah, tell them to put me in it. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> he wants to do it. He's perfect for it. Come it's not on. not official. He's just like, but that's he, the yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's campaigning for it. And in the recent years, there have been plenty of people who have been like, I want to play in the MCU, and it's happened. Shang-Chi? Yep, exactly. Yeah, Simone Liu, yeah. Uh, well, let us know what you think. Is there someone else you think would play a better Ghost Rider, or should they just stay away from Ghost Rider? Oh, yeah. We don't know. I want to hear from you guys. Send us a message. And until next time, stay nerdy.